Hello, everybody. This is Joe Renee Feeler, and welcome to today's podcast. I am so glad that you're here. I'm excited for whatever's going to come through today. We've gone very deep and uh, beyond some fences over the past two podcasts in numbers 191 and 192. So I feel like we're going to stay in that thread, which I'm excited about, and maybe go deeper, maybe tie up possibly some loose ends, but we'll see what happens. So for those that are new here, um, what do I do? I'm sort of like a near-death experiencer in that near-death experiencers often um, have a powerful moment where their body stopped working and then they have a um, they come back, if you will, with a very profound connection to Source Creator God that is otherwise unexplainable. So I have that connection, but I didn't almost die. And it's become really clear to me over the almost 10 years of me doing this work that somehow I pre-wired myself in this incarnation for access. Um, two things, hopefully, to um, support us. It's all intended for um, divine information and inspiration, and sometimes there are some very uncomfortable truths that come out in um, in our messages. And we're not meaning for it to be uncomfortable in terms of causing pain, but and but sometimes there is discomfort when we've been holding on to a truth that is at odds with our light or discordant with our light vibration, okay? The other challenge that uh, I observe people running into in enlightenment communities is when, they, when they've identified themselves as their truths. So it's like, I am this truth. I am... Um, this idea. And there are a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of downsides to that approach. The more, <laughs> if you just let yourself, you are an eternal being of light, no matter what your truth is. Okay. In your human experience, you have the ability to try on different truths and beliefs and decide if they feel right to you. Now, this is the tricky part. You can't decide what is true but you can you can decide what you're pretending is true, right? Um, but to have a healthy distinction between I am an eternal being of light, I presently believe this is true, and this is affecting the way I experience myself and the way I view my world and everyone in it, right? So everything that we do with my team, yeah, Jesus is like, are you going to let us speak? <laughs> yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> We're just diving around. I'm all excited. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's just do a, a breathing connection exercise here. Just take a nice deep breath. We probably don't do that enough. <sighs> just sending love to everyone here. Really helping you feel your light, your love within yourself, no matter what is going on around you, no matter what misunderstandings are out there, no matter what you want to be calmer, no matter how things out with the way you want things to go, just really allowing yourself just to breathe and to get all the way in your body, feel your energy field, feel your conscious awareness all the way down to your toes. Feel your feel your awareness in your hip bones. Very nice. Right around your navel into your rib cage, oh, very good, up to your shoulders, nice, in your neck, all the way up in your head, 
down your arms. And again, let's go all the way down the spine, through the legs, down to the toes again, just feeling yourself all the way in your body. That that helps so much with misunderstandings. And um, we are in a very, well, we're, it seems like we're consistently in chaotic times, but there's definitely been a ripple of confusion and misunderstandings. And it all depends on, you know, uh, you'll have less to apologize for if you stay calm in those moments and make, you know, uh, conscious choices about who you are and what you want to be and um, what you want to interact with and what you want to make time for and trying to lift everybody up in that process and um, revealing the truth of, of what's going on and who you are. Very good. Okay. All right. Yeshua's like, my turn. <sighs> Here we go. Good job, everybody, on that breathing. Great job. Okay. Hmm. How about another master level class for our fellow masters right here? From the perspective of every single one of you having your individuated energy field you do actually have the power and authority and sovereignty to pretend whatever you want is true. The more, <laughs> the more global or cosmic that truth is, in other words, the more, uh, the more that that truth is held by also your eternal self, the more in harmony with you, your, your eternal self, you're going to be. The challenge comes in that Earth in its Dark Age experience currently underway and continuing for many, 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 many centuries ahead of you is that there is this notion that there can be a collective truth that can be agreed upon and set in motion. But I ask you to find a time in history when that was true. Hello, Isis. One of the most successful civilizations that's been on Earth in linear time, looking at your history, was in my time as the goddess Isis, a master teacher within the mystery schools within Egypt. Success, as I'm defining it, is based on the acknowledgement and the support of fellow beings, fellow human beings, free will, consciousness, choices, and actions. Our harmony was not based on the fact that we had a collective truth. Our harmony was based on the honor that we had for the various truths that each one had. And that is where I see the majority of problems on earth at this time. There are so many expectations and assumptions of your fellow humans that they must agree with you. And that if they don't agree with you, there are so many um, exaggerated um, notions sort of placed on them as, you know, I don't need to go into detail here and I would rather not. Hmm. 
In the mystery schools, we weren't telling people what to think. We were sharing with them the cosmic concepts that allowed for individual creation, individual exploration, and supported the, the natural curiosity within that one, within that human. Not everybody attended the mystery schools, and this may in your time come across as very elitist, almost like a caste system. It wasn't intended to be that way. There were many indicators we used for who would receive the benefit of the mystery schools, and some of them worked and some of them didn't. Um, we did use birth charts um, in terms of astrology. We Charts were automatically created on every, every new member of the community so that we could support them in what obviously their natural giftedness was. I don't want to make this too much of a tangent, but we never used anybody's astrology chart as an indication of anything they needed to work on as a soul, as Earth is not a school. And we've, we've helped Jill see that more clearly, or clearly <laughs> we helped her see it in general uh, within the last five to seven years. So the astrology charts, um, also numerology in some ways, and other divinity tools were used to help us meet the soul that was incarnated within the fellow humans. We, we never used that to limit everybody, anybody. We never used that to hold anybody back. And when somebody, through their chart, clearly had signs of um, a more global purpose, um, a unique configuration that clearly indicated who and what they are as a soul. It helped us uh, pave the way for them and ease um, them seeing themselves for the benefit of the community. When somebody has a, um, markers in their chart that indicate them as a bringer of truth, a bringer of healing, a, be a being of wisdom, love, compassion, etc., a being of creative expression that is with the, the markers of, of the global or of the outer world, it benefits the entire community by supporting that individual in in them experiencing their giftedness, and then them they're sharing the get that giftedness. So the individuals that we allowed um, and invited into the mystery schools, anyone could apply, but there were many that had automatic access, and nobody ever turned it down. <laughs> um, it was a it was a wonderful system. Again, always intended to support the collective. So. When there were individuals with a different chart where it was it was clear that that they were here to hang out on earth and there 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 weren't the markers of um, I'm here to you know uplift light on the planet and other things that can be revealed in a chart um, or through intuition and, and gifts like Jill in terms of connecting with the eternal self etc. There's so many ways this is done. Um, there there was respect for that, that, that not everyone needed to be a soul that would incarnate to offer something totally new to the world. 
there was respect for the fact that that Earth does allow for almost a hiding out experience <laughs> for the eternal self where it can take a break from its responsibilities as the eternal self and just absolutely relax and, and have as little responsibility as possible. Not big plans, no big goals in life, just living day to day, right? Just rolling, rolling with the energy as it shows up. That was respected and honored as well. So, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not, I'm not sharing with this with you in order for you to feel worse about how uh, unfortunate it is to be incarnated in a dark age. I'm sharing this with you to help you remember that there were times on Earth that were based on individuality, not collective agreement, because that is where I see most of the attempts towards peace and harmony is can't we all agree? No, it's Earth is Earth is not a great place for agreement, given the free will, given the varying ranges of consciousness that each being is allowed and offered, offered to themselves, by the way, and let's talk about that right here. Why were the charts and intuitive gifts like Jill's and things like that used so much in terms of who would have automatic access into the mystery schools? It those markers don't happen by accident. They're, they're the handwork of the eternal self and how they had wired themselves for the journey. They, they display in with the right interpretation, they display very much what the higher self had intended with, uh, we're trying to help Jill not use that word eternal self, because it's, it's not, it's not higher as in above you, and it's not outside of you. And we're trying to stop that that notion, eternal self, this, the markings in those charts with the with a reader of sufficient, sufficient vibration, will indicate what the eternal self had wired itself for to offer to be to share, or to not offer to not share and to not be in this reality. So it's a it's a very useful resource. And it's not the only one. So who would have been denied access to the Egyptian mystery schools? And Jill doesn't know why we're talking about this yet, but she probably will in a moment. It doesn't, to me, well, to me as one of the initial uh, creators as goddess Isis of the mystery school to begin with, um, it didn't make sense to me that the, the, the few spots that we would have in the school would be allocated to somebody that was primarily curious about their own personal growth. It it wasn't for that. There were there were other mechanisms uh, for that sort of personal exploration, um, human remembering of what the eternal self already knows, curiosity, artistic projects, those sorts of things. Um, there there were limited spots in the mystery schools in order to maintain a sense of quality. Uh, discourse. It was. It was so. I mean, you call it now the Socratic method. Um, it was very much about that. There, there definitely was some teaching in the form of something that you'd probably call channeling, like what we're doing right now. Jill just asked if I'd give us a sample of that. It would be my honor to. Hmm. 
<laughs> she just said, how about now? <laughs> okay. What do you think we're doing? When a human within a dark age experience can accept that they are whole and complete, not just as their eternal self, but also as their human self, <clears throat> that you are not a piece of anyone's puzzle, you are a whole puzzle in and of yourself. You're not needing to search, scrap, or... Um, offend or defend anyone else's puzzle because you've claimed the wholeness of and the completeness of your one. That is a radical upgrade from what I've been observing within enlightenment and consciousness communities. You are whole and complete not just according to your eternal self, but according to all rules of cosmic law. So why, why does one feel so fragmented, perhaps, within your time frame? Primarily, it's because of the age that you elected to be born into. I'm not saying that in terms of you, you're getting what you deserved. I'm pointing out that <clears throat> it's a distortion to be aware of. So the part of you that feels incomplete, unwhole, as if you're not a master, as if you're on earth just practicing, is, is a recipe for feeling incomplete and for feeling disconnected from Source Creator. And that is an option in a dark age and apparently a very popular option because it's so common. Now, Jill's premise is that if people knew what was really going on, if they knew the truth, they would make more informed choices. I'm, I'm skeptical of that, because of the, the power of the dark age unconsciousness. But, but I like her idea. <laughs> um, that, that for anyone that that is inclined to restore their sovereignty, to claim their personal oneness, to have an experience of feeling and knowing themselves as a whole and complete version of light, even in a dark age, uh, why, why would we, we would have no, we have, we would, I have no desire as goddess Isis to, to limit uh, information and, and wisdom and rememberings um, and support energetically for those that are truly going against the grain. And that's possibly all or most of you. The game of the dark age is absolutely gripping now, and it's incredibly sticky uh, within the thought forms. And that's why Joe was talking at the very beginning about this uh, benefit of feeling a distinction between who, who you are as your one relative to your truths and beliefs, because it is predominant that the truths and beliefs that you're experiencing within a dark age are incredibly flawed. Um, in other words, they're not truths, but again, it's, it's, a, it's a game of pretending they're true. Um, not a conscious game, though, and that's, that's the biggest problem that Jill has with it is that it's unconscious. And she wants to... Yeah. She loves consciousness. <laughs> she, that's her yeah, passion, of course. 
so that people can make informed choices who could, you know, who could disagree with that, with that passion. So this option that everyone has for reconsidering even everything that they thought that they knew for the purpose of restoring the divine connection that they are as their eternal self. It's incredibly meaningful. It changes everything. It, it's so, it remedies so many things. And, and I applaud all the beautiful intentions and attempts that are, that are on your planet at this time for trying to heal things and trying to restore oneness and um, trying to live your best life and trying to support others in living their best life. Um, it's, it's wonderful how many uh, experiments and creations and um, theories are being tested out. But that doesn't mean that they're all having the intended uh, effect that doesn't mean that they're all reaching the desired goal. Earth is by design very unpredictable. No one, no one is following a set path that's predestined for them. Um, that <laughs> Metatron just said that wouldn't even be fun. <laughs> um, Touche. It wouldn't be fun. Um, and Earth is not wired that way. But again, it, you, you as your one have the power to pretend that that's true. And that will affect very, very greatly how you experience yourself and your reality. Um, it would make sense that somebody that believed that there was a predestined ideal path for you that, that has already been pre-created by something or someone or maybe you as your eternal self, if that's the, if that's the imagination that you would consume a lot of time and energy and maybe even finances trying to find out what is my path so I can be on it. But, but the truth is that it's an endless landscape of possibilities, none of them preset, and none of them predestined. And many of the preset paths that are an option for you they're not there waiting for you as much as you create them as you go. When, when I look at you as goddess Isis and who you are as your one, it is very much, um, you're an outcome of a, of a, a string of amazing and very well-intended choices. Um, sometimes unconscious and sometimes not well-intended when you just weren't thinking, right? Maybe at a younger age, right? Oh, those hormones in the teenage years and young adulthood. <laughs> Thank God there's a safety net, right? Of the afterlife and the eternal life. Okay. <laughs> so this, this power in that every, every day, every choice that you make of who and what you are with this, hopefully a supportive and uplifting system of, of truths that, that support an amazing you in, in your now, not just in your future, that gives you much wider range of not just great choices, supernatural choices of who and what you are. Okay? So yes, I am saying there is no path for you to follow other than the one that you're creating as you go. And there is no lane on that path 
Now, one of you I sense is um, pointing out, but what about my chart? Wouldn't my chart limit my choices? Yes. Um, I wouldn't think of it, though, in terms of limit your choices as much as guide your choices. You're not you're not a product of your chart. The chart just is a is a kind of a preset. It's sort of like a car, right? Um, a high performance car is preset to be driven at a at a you know extreme levels of performance, speed, responsiveness, etc. That doesn't mean that the driver driver will take advantage of the of those um, those engineering capabilities. Um, it depends on the driver how the car is driven, right? But if you have a, um, a a lower performance car that's based more on economic feasibility and affordability, there's a lot of um, options and performance capabilities that are automatically stripped out to keep the price down, right? So even the uh, the best car driver um, on the planet will will have a, a much um, will get a lot more out of that car <laughs> than somebody that that isn't aware of of um, how to drive a car in a in a high performance sort of um, experience, even with limited wiring. So there is so much free will um, in all of these scenarios. The 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 chart is a guide. It's not a limiter. Nothing is holding you back. Nothing is really holding you back. What you may sense as being held back by are the truths and beliefs that are confining you to less than a supernatural experience, to less than your eternal self vibrational range. How about a sort of initiation Angel just said sort of nothing. How about an initiation for you? I invite you to join me in this experience of accepting your divine pre-wiring and cosmic guidance system for you in this reality that will not tell you where to go, but it will help inform what you tend to choose as you go. I would like you to imagine yourself as your image of your ideal you, whatever that includes. It could include your physical experience and what you consider ideal. It could include your sense of peace within yourself, your sense of um, serenity, maybe confidence, love. A sense of awareness. Very good. So from this ideal image, I would like you to imagine that there is a set of, you could look at them as jewels or stones, you could look at them as um, 
some sort of sci-fi um, codes that sort of look like um, geometric shapes. They could all be cubes, and they could have flashes of symbols on them. Some of you use uh, tech like that. And I'd like you to imagine that, that whatever that is naturally for you is in the palm of your right hand. Okay. And now your what we call your team, which is your, your all that is energy that isn't a group of beings. It is everything you will allow it to be to support you in the light that you are while you're on earth at this time. You are the human expression, the human animation, the human driver of your eternal self energy. And you all have an amazing car that can do everything you need it to do. Okay. Okay. So these... These resources, these tools in your right hand, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand to your heart and make sure as you do it that your hand is actually on your heart. Some of you are pretending that your heart is like three inches or maybe even six inches above your actual heart, <laughs> which is interesting, right? <laughs> okay, bringing that hand right to your heart. And you may wish to repeat, repeat these words as I say them. I receive these codes to support my one in this timeline on earth. I vow to respect the free will that I have and that all others have even when they don't know they have it. I accept my wholeness, my completeness, my oneness as my chosen and divinely created container for my eternal, divine, whole and complete, not just fully ascended, but always ascended, eternal self. Okay. Hmm. 
I know many of you. It's beautiful to see you in your current bodysuit. And kudos to your choices. If there's anything that you regret, forgive yourself. If there's anything that you're angry about, forgive others. The power of your grace is instrumental in a dark age. You will be misunderstood consistently. And you may decide <laughs> to try and clear up understandings or you may decide to just let it go. <sighs> but I'm asking you as a fellow engineer of light and human form, part of the original creation team, I'm asking you to honor your light. I'm asking you to act accordingly, to treat your light, your eternal self as you know it, as the gift that it is, and as the gift that you are. Some of you may begin to crave more solitude and more alone time as you process and integrate what has happened here today for you, by you. One of the reasons that we shared the previous two messages is to help you prepare for the continuing confusion and chaos and high strangeness on earth that we do see continuing. There are far more unawakened individuals on the planet and we see no forecasts of that changing anytime soon and certainly not within your lifetime. But that, that doesn't mean that you are held back. That, that doesn't mean that your hands are tied or that your light is suppressed in your reality. In many ways, that's why we're doing this today to help you further connect with the eternal light that you are. And now I ask you, what do you want this to mean? What do you want your life to represent? Are you happy with the way your life, your personal life, your public life, all of it is going? And where you are not, you may want to make two lists. One is, I wish the world would support me in these ways. And then I want you to make another list. That's a backup plan in case the world doesn't do that for you.
the world is in some ways responding to your chart, to your codes. If you literally have a chart of solitude and being left alone, you're going to be left alone. And since some of you have decided that the only way to really be an authentic light is to be out in public and very out there, and you keep sort of uh, trying everything under the sun, <laughs> literally, uh, to, to be seen as the light that you are, and yet everything in your chart says that you're undercover. Jill's asking me, is it possible to override that? And my response is, I promise you, you don't want to. There are reasons why you, as your eternal self, put in that pre-wiring to begin with. It's, there's no benefit to you or to anyone to fight it. So, so any part of your mind that's saying, but it's limiting me. No, it's not. That's your perception. I remember in the Egyptian mystery schools, more than a few uh, candidates really, really wanting in the school and their charts didn't indicate it, that, that they were, that they're part of their um, desire for incarnating or intention for incarnating was to, was for a, a global level impact. Um, the intuitives in roles similar to Jill's corroborated that. And there were, we didn't, <sighs> there, there were, beings I remember who fought it. They fought, they took it personally that they were being rejected. They tried to malign the school. Um, that doesn't go over well, <laughs> especially in the, in the age that we were in where there, where there literally were no secrets. Everything was out in the open. So the idea that, that we were somehow like, uh, like a front for something anything other than than further enlightenment on the planet was just um, curious, really. But I remember these beings really spending an inordinate amount of their time and energy resisting who they were. And it, it I just I mean, as their sibling in that reality, I found it sad. That, that they would make those choices. And I realized that there was some lack of lack of wholeness uh, mentality. And that happens, you guys, even in even in the enlightenment age, there are those that are going against the grain, there are those that are embodying a level of unconsciousness that you wouldn't expect to find in enlightenment. But trust me, you do. And it's always curious, <laughs> you guys are surrounded by it. So so you know all about those curiosities. It's, it's illogical. It's just it doesn't make sense. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah, don't, don't try to make sense of it, please. <laughs> it doesn't. Don't try to make sense of something that will never make sense. It, it really doesn't make sense. But I remember just, you know, you know, respecting their free will and the choices that you were making while respecting the choices that I had as as the primary, if you will, caretaker and supporter of what we were doing in the schools. And I wasn't personally rejecting him or her or any of the 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 few that resisted and fought our decision, there were, there was an appeal process, and um, they consistently showed up. And I mean, there were so many other ways that they had a beautiful chart that they, they were so many, oh, so many beautiful elements of spirit and creativity and, 
and uh, soulful creation that, that they'd wire them for, and that just wasn't enough. They just insisted that they had a that they that they really had a public role and the charts were done wrong and the birth time was misstated and it was just very very interesting and there's the free will and we respected it then too but that doesn't mean i let them into the school um it we we had the the setup for a reason and i'm so proud of what we did in so many ways yeah hmm but those that don't understand it, they, uh, they again, they were few, but they thought we were mean. They thought we were insensitive. They thought we were um, exclusive in a, in a judgmental way. Uh, we were incredibly um, supported in general, and there were a few noisy, noisy uh, dissenters, and we didn't make a lot of time for them um, or energy. So, but you'd hear them. <laughs> yelling, yelling in the public squares. Um, yeah, and most people would just smile at them and say, I love you, <laughs> right? Uh, peace be with you, right? <sighs> okay, all right. <sighs> okay. So I do want to offer some tying up of loose ends um, because there are some of you that Jill has heard from that are trying to make sense of the conflicting truths and beliefs. And I encourage you to really recognize that, that a mistruth, a misinformed understanding of your reality will never be compatible with the cosmic truth that, that energetically doesn't go together with it. They, it, so Part of you may be under the, under the, you may be pretending that, that all truths have, um, that all truths are real and that you can pick whatever truth you want and, and it is real because of that. It's not real for everyone because of that. It's just real for you because of that. And that's a, that's a very important distinction. So, I'm just literally helping your mind. I, <laughs> oh, I have ways of, of helping you soften your mental noise and chatter and the, the maybe overly active logic center trying to make sense in a dark age when your mental uh, body has forgotten that you're in a dark age and what that means. And it, it often means that the vast majority of what you hear doesn't make sense especially relative to the the eternal truths. Okay, so you you may want to put down it's Oh, there's the puzzle again. Uh, and Jill's Jill just said that she's like, hey, <laughs> she loves it when it comes full circle. Okay, sorry, got to slice this again. Okay. <sighs> it may feel like, uh, oh. Jill, let me, let me do my thing. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, she's very excited. It would be like multiple puzzles with mixed pieces within them. And you're at a, a dedicated table, uh, you trying to make the puzzle pieces go together as if it's one puzzle, it, it won't go together any more than than that. 
carefully chosen and hopefully well-suited example. Okay? They won't go together. So many of you are then, of course, asking, how do I know? In a dark age, you, depending on how you're wired, you may never know. (laughs) Not helpful in some cases, right, that answer. But, But it is honest and it is true. So there's many approaches, right? I mean, in a dark age, do you find somebody that you trust? Do you uh, use the discernment that you do have to sort of assess, okay, who is making the most sense here? I mean, you have a whole bunch of choices, right? Just because you may not feel like you have your own individuated access to these eternal truths. That's one of the reasons why Jill is so passionate about sharing them, by the way, because she knows that. She knows that not everybody is wired to access these eternal truths. That's why she shares so often. She wants you to have it so badly. So that you can make informed choices. So that you can be as closely connected to your eternal self, God's love, God's eternal energy, as possible amidst a dark age sequence that you're currently in while knowing that your higher self, your eternal self, knew what it was doing when it chose to be incarnated within this dark age. Your eternal self knew it wouldn't have all the answers. It came in anyway. I wonder why that is. It's a good curious question, isn't it? Maybe it's to be your version of love, your version of light, like no one else can be because they're their one and you're your one amidst a dark age. I helped Jill write something on Facebook recently, and I want to go to it because it fits perfectly here. Okay. (laughs) Breezing right over the strange misunderstanding that happened yesterday. The point of being here on earth for many of us is to share our divine energy, our loving intentions, our love, our wisdom, our compassion, our understanding, our comfort, our inspiration. We do so as our eternal selves, sometimes without expectation of how it will be received or how the world will or won't respond to us. Jesus helped greatly with that last part. Coming to be our individual one is enough and is all we can really do. What the world does with it is entirely up to the others here. We come to be our one. And there it is. What an honor it is to support you and your light. And I have endless hugs and comfort and compassion for those who desire it amidst this very strange time that you're in. Um, Dark ages can be very uncomfortable, especially for beings that are expecting consciousness, expecting or thought they were expecting an awakening, etc. So we talked about that um, in more detail in numbers 191 and 192 of the podcast series that we're doing here. So... 
I honor you as the eternal light that you are. I have complete and full honor for the wiring that you chose for your lifetime, for the choices that you've made respecting the free will of you. And I celebrate potentially upgrades that you may elect to have as you go forward. You don't need to figure everything out in order to make more informed, more conscious choices for who and what you really want to be, especially when you decide that nothing outside in your world is actually getting in your way. Trust you. Trust your one. I'm not asking you to trust your world. I didn't even trust my world, even in the Enlightenment age. It's, it's not about trust in terms of not being evolved. It's about uh, respect that free will on earth is a, is, a, is a very powerful convention that can be used for good and it can be used for, for very, uh, very unpleasant and um, horrifying things. Yeah, and you're seeing that in your dark age much more so than I did in my time says goddess Isis, okay? Respecting you with love and honor and blessings. And so it is. You know, it's messages like that, that that remind me how loved and supported that we are in this reality. My hand is all crampy. It's all cramped and, uh, from being under the computer. Yeek. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to keep it still. Okay. Oh, my goodness. How are you guys doing? For those live, I'd love to hear from you in the chat. And if there are follow-up questions, um, I do feel like I have probably eight more minutes if you want to chat about anything or to share, whatever. Mm. Lovely. God, I just love what we're, I love what you and I are doing here. Oh, oh. Mm. <laughs> hi Jess. She's saying so special. Oh, I felt that too. Oh my goodness. Okay, let me get a drink of water here. Oh my heavens. For our heavens here on earth, ideally, right? Mm. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, that's funny. Somebody came through as admin and said, Thank you so much for a beautiful meditation. You are welcome. <sighs> okay, how are we doing? <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. Well, I'm going to want to listen to this one again. Oh, hi, Rob. <laughs> he just said it's actually Rob in LA. Hello, Rob. Good to see you. Um, hi, Sherry. She's saying, I always love what goddess Isis comes through with. Very nice. It makes more sense than anything I've ever heard. Well, that's music to our ears for sure. I love it when things make sense. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Oh, very good. Hey, Christ I think it's Christina. She's saying, hi, Jill. It's a lot to take in kind of disappointment about not having any path predestined. I've been letting this message in. And my question is, why the heck have I created all the obstacles destroying myself? Thank you for the truth. I feel it's better to know it. 
Thank you. Hi from the UK. Oh, Christina. Oh, just giving you a big hug, sister. And, and I, I love your uh, self-awareness and your vulnerability saying that there, that it's disappointing to know that there's not a predestined path. And I totally, I totally get that. It would be a lot, it would be a lot easier, especially in a dark age, if there was a predestined path. Yeah, uh, like, like one, like there's a right choice to make all the time. And if we just make it that everything's will turn out great. Even when we make the supposedly right choices, things don't, <laughs> things don't always uh, go the way that we'd like them to go. So Okay. Okay. And then she's saying, I am. And my question is, why the heck have I created all the obstacles to destroy myself? Christina, you haven't. You haven't created obstacles for yourself. And you haven't intentionally been doing anything to destroy yourself. This world can often feel like it's working against us. And that is real. Okay, so we're going to bump into some other truths here, aren't probably a lot of us, because there are some very popular teachings, very well intended teachings that say that whatever comes across your path, you created it or you attracted it, right? No. In a dark age, there is a predominance of unconscious creations, unconscious thoughts, unconscious words, unconscious actions. And we're interacting like a soup with all of that. Right? It's just like, oh my god, this is this is crazy. It is crazy. Yes, it is, right? Um, so it's like, wait a minute. I mean, like, <laughs> what are the rules for this? The rules are that the whole reality is in a sort of a uh, container. I, I call it a quarantine. And I know that's uncomfortable for some people to think about. But there is a quarantine around this reality because of that. So that these unconscious acts of even well intended, even even bringers of light sort of beings that have unconscious moments or in different stages of not stages like levels, but they have maybe a tighter range of consciousness, maybe not as wide of a range of consciousness. So they keep operating as if everybody thinks the same way that they do. And they keep expecting fellow bringers of light to act like they do. And it, it that's not true. So they it, it can get ugly, <laughs> right? It can get really ugly. So uh, please, Christina, can you consider that this world is not against you? And that you haven't created all these obstacles. They're not meant for you. They have happened to you though, right? But they weren't, it wasn't personal to you. None of the obstacles that you faced have been a result of your higher self saying, I want my human to experience that. They are not in your chart, sister. They're not in anyone's chart. Unconscious creations are not in anyone's chart. But it happens here. More often than not, right? So then what do we do? Uh, there's a whole bunch of choices. And I, I mean, you get to, you guys can observe me, right, as one example of how I do it, given what I know. Um, I, I, I make some interesting choices sometimes um, in terms of how I, I want to say, uh, have boundaries, I set boundaries, I try to limit my interaction and in optional relationships with somebody that is acting or behaving in a way that that I don't feel as supportive of them or not supportive of me or maybe not supportive of anyone. Um, we can't do that all over the place, right? But uh, make the 
decisions where you can to safeguard your light, like Isis was saying there, okay, do what you can to safeguard and honor your light and holding space for other people's light. But I, uh, this works well for me, I, I am an idealist, I am an optimist in a lot of ways, but I'm also an incredible realist. And that has helped me well, that has served me well in, in this line of work. So I'm always hoping for the best. But I always have a, a really healthy degree of expecting the worst. Um, that helps me very greatly on earth. So when somebody surprises me with some sort of unpleasant or just, uh, and just kind of like, Oh, really, that's your reaction. Um, I'm not like, Oh, my God, I never thought that would happen. I'm just like, Oh, that's, I could kind of see that happening. And how do I want to respond, right? Um, because we all have choices in that. But go back to that list that Isis was talking about, Christine, I feel like it would be really helpful. Okay. And anything that you are doing now, maybe with a message like this, where you can really reflect on, am I making choices as Christina, that is destroying myself? Sister, I love you so much. And I really I'm, I'm really hoping that you reconsider any of those choices or patterns or thought systems um, and get assistance if you need it, right? Get support if you need it and listen to things like this if it is helping you be your best self, helping you create a version of Christina where you are loved by you and honored by you and that you make choices in your relationships and in your experiences that, that um, are... I want to say it pleasing and uplifting as possible to the love that you show for yourself and the love that you feel for others. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got as Isis just said, how clear do you want to get about that one, Jill? Um, yeah, I'll be really clear here. I am very sad when I see a fellow bringer of light, because we're not all bringers of light. There are beings here incarnated to see what happens when they forget that they're God. That is, they literally are not here as their eternal self to, to bring light to this reality. And it shows. That doesn't mean they won't. It doesn't mean they can't. They are eternally light. But that's not why they're here, you guys. That's not why they're here, right? And they're not here to teach us lessons either. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm very dismayed and sad when in my private session work in particular, I come across somebody that is an amazing bringer of light that is in a optional relationship, right? Optional meaning friends, family, business associates, um, romantic partners, right? Those are all choices we get to choose in many, I mean, it's harder to choose a boss, but in some ways where you have a choice to make a good one, right? It's, it's sad to me when somebody is making a choice to stay with somebody, to be in a relationship with somebody that is obviously dishonoring their light, maybe even dishonoring their humanity. It just breaks my heart every time. And the rationalizations that people come up with to stay in these hurtful, harmful, um, even dangerous relationships just... I mean, I, I mean, the stories that that we can come up with here in terms of, well, I was told we're soulmates. Okay, by who? And did you question that? And 
if that's your soulmate and in their humanness they're choosing to be disrespectful to you or downright uh, abusive to you, I would hope that you're saying no to if I don't even believe that there are those contracts, but as be given what I've shown, um, but I believe that some of you believe it, but please say no to a contract because I don't, they're, they're optional contracts, you guys, they're optional. So say no and, and get help if you need to get out of it. Um, thank God that there's resources for that. It's good to have those resources in a dark age if you feel unsafe physically, emotionally, um, energetically unsafe with somebody that you're in a relationship with, okay? And the the harder they make it for you to get away, the more that there's probably something you want to get away from. True? Yeah? Okay. Okay. And an open-hearted, very conscious relationship, there is a swinging door that goes both ways, <laughs> okay? You can come and go as you please, <laughs> okay? Very good. Okay. Okay. Uh, thank you. Hello, Connie. She's saying just joined a minute ago. Can't wait to listen to the replay. Thank you, Jill, for being so brave lately and giving us such truth. Loving this community and all we are creating XOXO. Oh, kiss, hug, kiss, hug right back at you, Connie. Uh, Patrick is saying cheers to the landscape of endless possibilities. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. Okay, Christy is saying, is there any sort of blueprint for the future? If not, how do guardian angels know to give us warnings and guidance? There are probabilities. That's what they're giving guidance for. And um, yeah, so there are always possibilities of what can happen and even probabilities of what can happen. But please don't confuse that with there is one outcome and this is going to be it. And anyone knows what it is going to be. In in on earth with humanity's free will, it is, it is never 100% predictable. And in a dark age, with all the unconscious actions and decisions and choices being made, it's even more unpredictable. And what is predict predictable is often <laughs> quite scary <laughs> and unpleasant and like, oh, God, <laughs> I hope we're not going that way. Right? That makes sense, right? Okay, so there, there, there are sorts of blueprints for the future, though, but they're more broad spectrum. Um, we knew in 99 that there was the possibility and in that case even a probability a strong probability I, I, I love statistics in college so I love to talk about probabilities and <laughs> yeah, r squareds and all that cool stuff um, there was a very high r squared <laughs> there was a very high probability that there was going to be a complete reboot of the planet and that's what all the y2k fears in an unconscious way we're actually tapping into and I think we talked about that pretty well in podcast number 191 and the Atlantis timeline revisited one, I think, and not directly, but it but it could be informative um, if you want more of that, Christy. Okay, so, um, okay, no, yeah, I, I did see that. Your Metatron just said, do you want to go at that part? Uh, I noticed that you said, if not, how do guardian angels know how to give us warnings and guidance? Okay, Christy, I'm going to offer you a huge upgrade here. What if the what if what you are, what if what you are acting as if the guardian angels are giving in terms of warning and guidance is actually your eternal self? Okay, there's there's step one upgrade possibility, and then step true. What if the guardian angel that's providing the warning and the guidance is you? Okay. Uh, warning though, I. 
yeah, Jesus is like, just say it, Jill. I'm skeptical. <laughs> Whenever I hear someone say, we've been warned, like there's a warning. Um, because to me, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not the wide ranging consciousness that I prefer. Um, my interactions with the, with the eternal realms, it isn't about warnings, um, like a, like a alarm on a ship that's going down. It's sort of a, Hey, you may want to pay attention to, and I don't see doom and gloom. I am nothing in terms of the probabilities. There's nothing there to me in terms of end of, we are not in end of times. That is my truth. Okay. Um, take it for what it's worth. That's where your free will comes in, right? We are not an end of times. And it is, it is sad that it, (laughs) yeah, Isis is going to say this part. It is sad that there have been so many times in linear time on earth where humans have been sure they're in the end of times. It's, um, it makes for very chaotic, incredibly unconscious behavior. And especially when it's not even true. Yeah. But what if it is true? Yeah. Chris, <laughs> we already answered that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Christina is saying, is it about being conscious all the time? No, <laughs> no, 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 um, no, that's impossible. <laughs> Dark age, it really is. Uh, I really encourage you to look at, and where did we talk about this? Oh, in the 10 Sovereignty Keys. In the 10 Sovereignty Keys program that we offer, um, all of the programs that we've ever offered are in infinite. I don't like okay, this one isn't good anymore. They're, they, the way that you and I, as your eternal self and my eternal self, create them, um, there is a timeless vibration to them, and I love how that works. So in that, in that program, the 10 Sovereignty Keys, I think in that one they gave the metaphor of, think of your consciousness range on Earth, especially in a dark age, as a full keyboard piano, right? Not the little toy piano that, that like is a preschool toy, right? With like 10 keys, you want the full keyboard. Okay. So the full keyboard includes like really, really high ranges of consciousness of like amazing awareness and clarity and a sense of like, okay, that, yeah, that feels like a right decision. I know there's no guarantees, but that feels like a good choice to make. I feel like, yeah, that feels good. I respond accordingly if it doesn't go as I want it to. Right. And you also have the unconsciousness. The unconsciousness doesn't go away as you add the consciousness, it's still there, those lower keys on the keyboard. And I'm not meaning to offend the lower keys on the keyboard, they're not lower vibe, right? But it's just an, it's just a metaphor. Um, the unconsciousness is always available to us, no matter what age you're in, and it's more intense in a dark age that we're in, so it doesn't go away. Um, but the more conscious you are, obviously, the less commonly, uh, the less likely you are to make choices in the unconscious range, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then uh, Metatron is just saying, so then isn't it kind of like being conscious all the time? (laughs) Okay, yeah, (laughs) that's fair. Yes. Knowing that you have access, Christina, to amazing choices for you all the time. Yes. Okay. I take back my original no. Yes, the answer is yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay, very good. Okay, you guys, we're just going to wrap up here, given what time it is. Oh, thank you, sister. Myra is saying thank you, Joe. Lots of tingles and God bumps felt with this one. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Oh, my nose is all tickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that feels complete. Lots of good questions here. Sorry that I didn't get to all of them. 
Um, I've got other things I need to do today. <laughs> okay. I love you guys so much. Thank you for being your one. I'm glad that your one is here and I love your light. I love to support the light that you're here. And no, I don't make time for nonsense. <laughs> as, as some of you can see on my social media um, avenues that I've, that I've chosen to set up and share on. So anyway, I do love you. And um, I hope that you found this helpful. Okay. Um, I am heading to the Zion retreat tomorrow, actually. Ah! So if any of you that that have at other times when when we've done these, these soul reunion, <laughs> soulful family reunion gatherings, some of you feel very like charged up while we're together, because it's like another member of our family. And maybe even you as a as a level of yourself is joining energetically. Um, so heads up Zion's happening. <laughs> it's tomorrow through Saturday. And I'm so excited. So um, yeah, because I just feel like I, 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 it's more than I feel like I'm aware that the energy is just building in such a wonderful way from the equinox to the Mary Magdalene trip in France. Um, and then the messages uh, three weeks in a row, and then the Zion trip. And I'm just like, Oh, my God, this I mean, can it get any better? Heck, yeah, <laughs> it can. I love you guys. Bye bye. From this one to your one. I love you. Bye bye for now.